The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Now, a motion picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who was Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We're in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. How's it going, dude? And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together, remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. All this has happened before. Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tom Kane, this is the voice of Yoda on Star Wars. Hey yo, it's Wopat, and a big yee to you all. I used to be Luke Duke. Hi, my name is Oli Shoshan. I play Jedi Master Shakti. Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster. Hi, this is Jim. Hi, this is Bill Farmer. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast. Welcome to Neverland, to Disney and beyond. And it will all happen again. And now your head lost boy, the Spider Pan. Walk on the eyes of East Pan. Jeremy. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think that happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland again. I, of course, am your Spider Pan. I am the head lost boy around here. My name's Jeremy. How you doing? In case we've never met before, good to meet you. Hope you're going to like me after you get to know me after this show. If you don't, then you won't ever listen again, and I will cry. I really will. No, no, seriously, I'm going to cry if you don't listen to the next... Okay, never mind. I probably won't. But, but I'm not alone today because Lost Boy Phil's with me. We call him the Kryptonian. Hello. Hello. How are you? And I tell you what, uh, today is going to be fun. We've got some exciting news and things to talk about this Woo-hoo. week. It's always fun when something exciting happens. Yes, sir. So... And, of course, we've got a new movie to review. Disney released a film that was originally going to be in theaters, yes. but was released on Disney+. Plus. Uh, actually, this past Friday, Artemis Fowl, based off a very popular book series, which I haven't read, but my friend Doug from high school, I you know, I think we went through uh, 
middle school, high school, and everything. We'll talk about that later. But Doug has read all the books, and so he'll be on later to help me discuss the books and learn a little bit about the books. I did try to do a little research. And then we will have... Uh, he's supposed to send me a review as of time of recording. I don't think he sent it to me yet. But I will review and tell you what I thought about the movie, and hopefully Doug will send me his thoughts, because he said he watched it several times. Probably because he, he did tell me he's got five kiddos, so maybe oh. he had to watch it once with each kid. His kids probably read the books, too, as far as I know. But I want to get the perspective of someone who's read the books and what they thought of the film after watching it. Did they think it's foul? That's exactly. And in fact, the title of this episode, you might be looking there, it says Artemis Fowl, spelled F-O-U-L. With a go. question mark there. Was it foul? Because a lot of people did cry foul after looking at the trailer and realizing that they had made changes. But, you know, changes do happen when you adapt something. Yeah. It does happen, and some of them are pretty big. Uh, but we'll discuss that later. But I actually, first, I want to dive into some pretty exciting news. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Well, first though, before we get really deep into the news, I finally finished watching the Clone Wars series. Good. About time, right? Well, it happens. Now, the thing is, is when I was watching those last four episodes... Now, you've seen these, right? I watched them all. Okay. Those last four episodes, did it seem... Because they used John Williams' music more. Oh, the animation yeah. seemed better. Did oh, it seem to you that maybe they at some point had thought to put that out in a theater? It, to me, watching those last ones got me more excited. I, yeah. I, I realized that... It was some of the best stuff they've done. I'm old school. But, man, watching that, that music got to me. Oh, yeah. And some of those stories I loved that last season more than any of the others. It seemed like watching a film. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Episode five kind of fell flat, but it got it, it stepped back up after that. I, I'm not a... Look, but I got a point on the four, four episodes, that's for sure. Don't yeah. only forget. Well, you know, there. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of what's her head. I can't think of her name right Ahsoka? now. Ahsoka? Ahsoka. I'm not a huge fan of hers. I don't dislike her. I'm just not, you know, huge a huge fan of hers. But I did like what they ended up doing with her in the, eventually. Uh, it just took me a while, and I'm kind of glad that they, they did show what happened to her because... I always wondered what happened, and yeah. and I hear rumors. I hear rumors that they may make live action Ahsoka. I would really like to see that. Yeah, I would love to see it. And well, I've even heard Sabine from Star Wars Rebels yeah. should be appearing in the Mandalorian series. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. I was like I said, and Ahsoka was in, in Rebels. I liked her better at the end of this show than I ever did before. Because Tyler started her to be kind of obnoxious in the early. Show. Yeah, the first. Yeah, that's the thing. She kind of grew on everybody because at first we were all like. What, what are you going to do with, with, when Anakin has a Padawan that doesn't, because he's not going to be a good teacher. We all kind of yeah. like, what? But we've we've grown to become f quite fond of Ahsoka. She's been a great character, but that's why episode five fell flat because I was like excited, like, hey, Ahsoka's back. And I didn't feel the episode really did her justice. Yeah. But it, it got better. It got but better. when you got those final four episodes, you know, the Ahsoka she arc of what was it. going on in episode three. But here's my one one nitpick, but it's a big nitpick. If you didn't see it. All right, spoiler warning, but I'm not going to tell you any story. Yeah. Let's just say at one point, they're on the planet of Mandalore. So hopefully you remember this. She's been fighting with Darth Maul. They're up on like this girder as Darth Maul just needs to go up through a hole and he's got an escape ship waiting for him. He slices the girder on one side and kind of unstabilizes Ahsoka. Jumps over her head to the other side of the girder. All he has to do at this point is slice the girder where he's at. Ahsoka drops. 
But does he do that? No, he goes for a frontal attack and it backfires and she flips him off the side and they capture him. I stopped it right there. I was like, are you kidding me? All he had to do was cut the girder and it's done. He escapes. Why? That doesn't make any sense. I call that bad writing because you, you wrote yourself into a corner that you couldn't get out of and did something stupid to fix it because you wanted him to get caught to advance your story, but you should not have gotten him in where he had such an easy way to escape that I could see it. And I'm not a Jedi or a Sith, but I could see all. Yeah, cool. Because it looked to me like that was the plan. When he sliced the girder, appeared to be on purpose, and he hopped over to the other side of her. It's like, oh, he's going to slice the other girder. I wonder how Ahsoka will get out of it. But she didn't have to because he wasn't smart enough to finish the job. Well, who's to say that later on we'll find out there's a reason for that? I mean, you never know. Just for story's sake. Yeah. That's why. Just for this fact of him being on the ship because it made an interesting story and he was able to cause the distraction and some chaos and destroy that ship. Well, we know that later but, on. Oh, but course, that bothered me. But the rest of it, I did love those last four episodes. Him and Obi-Wan, we know, are, are eventually probably Wait, gonna fight. they did. And the end of Rebels, but I had not watched it no, yet. What I mean to say is... So, but yes. I've not seen all that, but what I mean to say is, is, rumor has it that when they do an Obi-Wan film or a show or whatever, they're talking about having them fight in live action. So well, that would I'm just hoping, be remaking the final episode of Rebels. Well, because in the final episode of Rebels, that's what it was. Yeah, but they're talking it was about the putting end. more stuff in there. So we'll see. We'll see. I but hope. yeah, I wouldn't go with rumors. I always go with fact. And the fact is, Star Wars Rebels did complete that, which I haven't watched. So I don't yeah. want to see. I don't want to know everything. But I, I did I see like the, the stills either. where it has an, on Tatooine over fire, Obi Wan and Darth Maul facing off. I want to see it. I want to watch it, but I, I'm now that I've gotten complete the Clone Wars, I'm more like okay. Now I feel like I can get a Rebels and finish in season. Yeah, I'm like no. I'm like season three uh, of four seasons. So, but now I, I got to get into the news here, and I got exciting news for you. And I'm going to start with this particular link here because I think this is a bit more specific. Disneyland is starting to reopen. Good. There's their phases. Okay, July 9th will be Downtown Disney opening. Because Walt Disney World opened Disney Springs first mm -hmm. before they started to open the parks. So Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure should be opening on July 17th. The Grand California Hotel and Spa and the Paradise Pier Hotel should be opening on July 23rd. Now, I expect... They're going to be, because right here, because theme park capacity will be significantly limited to comply with governmental requirements and promote physical distancing, the Disneyland Resort will manage attendance through a new theme park reservation system that will require all guests, including annual pass holders, to obtain a reservation for park entry in advance. And I bet they'll probably expect you to have a mask on. There is going to be restrictions. It's nice they're getting back open. They are trying, they're trying to be careful. As with everything, you know, everybody's being careful. So expect that if you're wanting to go. I even had to do this. I, I've got a zoo pass for our local zoo. It's kind of the Friends of the Zoo I'm a membership. I still had to reserve a spot for my wife and I to go to the zoo on my birthday. We tried because normally we're used to just casually going up and, hey, we're going to just, just go to the zoo today. Okay. Well, we tried to do that on, the, on a, a Sunday afternoon and we couldn't. Or no, I guess it was a Saturday afternoon. And, well, they wanted to schedule us on Sunday, so no, we can't do it on Sunday, but can we do it on my birthday? Because that was Tuesday. and So it's, it's, it's going on a lot of other places, but yes, you will need to make some reservation, even if you're a pass holder, for your time to arrive at the zoo because they do, or not the zoo, <laughs> to the parks, because they do have to keep regulation. So one of the, these restrictions will go away. I can almost guarantee you they will go away, but we just have to deal with them for now. So... You just be patient. I, I've seen people like Walt Disney World when it was open. There was people upset that they, they had all this other stuff to go through. But 
At least the parks are opening. It just slow but sure. Yeah, you just have to be patient. It'll this all. We're gonna go back to normal. Yeah, it'll I fade have away. faith. We're going back to normal. It'll fade at away at some in, point in time. I don't go this. Oh, this is the new normal. No, this is not a new normal. This is a temporary setback. Yeah. This type of thing has actually happened at other times in history. Mm. So not maybe to this extent to this yeah. type, but it will. But it, it has get, happened. It'll, yeah, been, it'll, yeah, it'll things. get back. So it'll get back. We're coming back. We're coming back. Now. That's all I got for parks, really, this week. The big thing that I really want to talk about, and I'm super excited, is Sony had a big, like, online thing for the PS5. Yes. Now, apparently, though, Xbox did put out something as well. I didn't pay as much attention. I don't own an Xbox. I don't plan on buying another one. I'm, I got an Xbox 360, but I didn't buy the Xbox One because uh, I don't want to talk to my, uh, my gaming machine. Uh-huh. I really don't want to talk to it. Uh, and I don't know if that's still be with the next one. I don't know. But there's another generation. But right now, I'm a, I'm a PlayStation guy. So I was really excited about this. Uh, but they got options. Now, they haven't really said what the price There's people guessing at the prices. But I don't do guesswork here. Yeah. I want fact. But we do have two versions. One will be cheaper. There will be a digital only where you buy your, all your games digitally and you'll download them. That's going to be a little cheaper. Or there's one where you it'll have a disk drive like you're used to. I'm going to go for the disk drive because I like having a physical copy of my stuff. Plus, now, I haven't heard confirmation, but I have heard that they're working on having more backwards compatibility. So I should be able to play my PS4 games. So my only question would be, like, all my saves. uh, How easy it would it be to move my saves and all my data from the PS4 over to the PS5? Or should I just keep both? Because I probably would. You know, I'd keep both. I still got a PS3 downstairs. I still play with. So I'll keep both, most likely. Yeah, I'll just keep them all. Why not? You know, maybe I'll put one in the living room if I don't need it up in in my play yeah. office here. So, but that's you know, there's one will have a drive that'll cost a little bit more, and the other one will be strictly digital. But you know, the problem with doing strictly digital is you only have so much space on your hard drive. Granted, you can when you're not playing something, you can delete it from the hard drive and then download whatever next you're going to play. But I don't want to be dependent upon that. I'd rather have a disc. Well, I do own some digital games, yeah. especially because sometimes you can get them like $5 or less. Yeah. So in that case, that's when I'm like, all right, I'll go ahead and download it for 5 bucks, No problem. And I, I even have a bunch of games like a Horizon Zero Dawn I'd heard some great things about. I, I found it for Christmas. I think I got it for like $2 uh, as a digital download. Haven't played it yet. Haven't downloaded it yet. But I'm going to. But they did announce a sequel for that one on the PS5. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I haven't gotten to play the first one yet. And I'm so busy. I am still playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, if y'all can believe it. I took some time to play the original Final Fantasy VII, but I went back to the remake. I'm trying to beat it on hard mode. I promised everybody I would. I'm halfway through it, and I, the most recent thing that happened is I got my butt kicked. <laughs> so that means I got to reconfigure a few things, rethink my method of attack. But that's you know, it's the challenge. As long as I don't, it's not like the Ninth Sister in the um, uh, oh that Star last Star Wars game, uh, Fallen Order. The Ninth Sister repeatedly, I, I swear at least 20 times, she has whooped my butt. And that's where I end up stepping away from a game. And like, well, I'm going to come back to it eventually. But when I'm getting thrashed that bad, I have to walk away and play something else. Because I'm not having fun after I lose 20 times. Now I'm just frustrated. So I'm going to come back because it is a great Star Wars game. Which yeah. Have you gotten to play that one yet? No, not yet. Oh, wow. It's I've a, heard it was good. It's tough. It is very tough, but it's good. So I'm going to get back to that. But, okay, so other things... Spider-Man Miles Morales. That looks good. Now, this is not a sequel to that Spider-Man no. game. This is I call I'm calling it a spin-off. Yeah. This is fallen and I really like the way Miles was presented in the game. I really liked the character that way. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty good in the movie. Yeah. But I don't I liked this version of the character. I, I really liked him. He was just a good and I I I really what I like about one of the things I like about him is I think he sets a good example because 
one of the reasons that Miles comes in is because Marvel wanted to have some more diverse characters. Well, and sure, they should. And which is great. Of course, I when he first came in, I was like, well, why didn't you give him his own power set and give him his own leg stand on instead of putting him on piggybacking for Spider-Man? I didn't like that idea. I thought Miles should and, and Miles himself though, you know, not get off my issue of like maybe he should have been an original uh, character and give him his own thing entirely instead of piggyback. Miles, I think, serves an example because all right, he's he's kind of, he's mixed between uh, uh, Hispanic and African American, however you want to say it. But he's I know you say things the wrong way, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're racist." Uh, anyways, but he is an example of like, despite he's not white, he is not letting that hold him back. Mm-hmm. He's a smart kid. He works hard. He studies hard. He's an example. Like I want kids to look up to Miles Morales and say, "I want to be like that." Yeah. I want to work hard, study hard. I want to just do the right thing. Yeah. And Miles has great examples. I mean, his father in the game was. I, I, I was about to cry. His in father movie. in the game. In the yeah, movie his father's movie great. was great. In the game, he's great too. Yeah. Uh, but see, he's got great examples and shows what and his, his father. I like his mom too. Yeah, but he's got great examples of you know his father being in his life. Make sure whatever whatever you look like, what you know, I don't care. Fathers are important. Yeah. And I know certain communities, fathers have not been sticking around, and it has been an effect. Fathers are important, too. Mm-hmm. Having a father and mother, and I love that you've got a good example of his father. But Miles, I mean, he's just a good character. He works hard. He's smart. He studies hard. And I think kids that can relate to him better because, oh, he looks more like me. That's great because look up to Miles for what he accomplishes and what he does and say, you know what? If he can do that, I can do that. Yeah. So kids, if... If you look like Miles, we'll just put it like that. Be like Miles. In your own way. You don't have to be a science whiz. One thing I, go I, I like about that they're making some diverse... I, I don't know why they use that phrase, diverse, but of different, uh, many different backgrounds. In reality, the race isn't the important thing. Because there are a lot of people who have different backgrounds. And there are many different races. But it's not that. It's not the important part. There are some people whose backgrounds or mothers and fathers aren't there for them, right. whether it be through death, or some people um, have uh, shortcomings. And by that, I'm talking about illnesses. Sometimes uh, we have disabilities, and by disabilities, it doesn't mean that you're less of a person. No kidding. I have yeah. a lot of physical. You guys don't know this about me. I have a lot of physical uh, problems. Well, they know some, but <laughs> yeah, we we have to keep moving forward, right? And keep going forward. And I like the fact that they're they are making characters like that. For young people, so that we can relate, so all people can relate with somebody. Yeah. So that maybe Miles will relate with this young man because he has problems with this problem that Miles yeah. has. But then, if he that doesn't relate with him, then maybe it's Steve Rogers, or yeah. maybe it's another character. There is I'm an just example names for out there, yeah. You know, but there's a lot of good characters. I'm glad they're making some for them. Yeah, but Miles for the new people, new in young that game, people. He's such a great character, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to playing as Miles because we get to see Miles becoming. The hero that he really—he's got the qualities of hero. He's—he's yeah. he's a brave kid, especially when he's looking for his dad in that game. But excuse me, I'm burping. Um, I don't—I don't know how far you played in the game, but I mean, there's when he's even doesn't have powers and he, he's trying to go and find his dad after something terrible has happened. He faces some danger. I mean, he's a brave kid, and but he's just trying to do the right thing. That kid's got courage. He's got brains. That—that's a role model, I think, for a lot of kids. You can yeah, look up good. to him. So it's not, I think Stan Lee was right with, with creating Peter Parker in the first place. Like, I'm going to have a teenage hero because Peter Parker could become somebody to look up to. Mm-hmm. 
He sets an example when he learns his lesson with great power becomes comes great responsibility. That is a good lesson right there. Mm-hmm. Doing to others as you have them doing to you. And yeah. Sometimes it's, uh, and we all have our talents. And what are we it. doing with it? That's right. Yeah. We are responsible. Mm-hmm. Whatever your power is, you are responsible for using it. Because uh, let me go ahead. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to preach, but I'm going to preach. God gave you powers and talents mm-hmm. unique to you. Now, what are you going to do with them? Be responsible with those. But anyways, I'll get it off my horse, but I'm excited. It's it's a standalone game, so it's not a sequel to the... So we do expect a Spider-Man 2 with Peter Parker, but we're getting maybe maybe more than one game with Miles. When much is given, much is required. Much there you is, go. Much is there you go. There you go. But another thing, Grant, okay, this is going to be more mature game, so I can't get into it too much, but I'm really excited. They had a video for Resident Evil 8, also known as Village Resident yes. Evil. And what got me excited is this... This little tease seems to hint of maybe going maybe beyond biological monsters, but maybe a little bit more supernatural. Because we see really? we see a werewolf, and there's some oh, that, that's interesting. That, yeah, it looked like a guy's turned into a werewolf, and I even think that there might be some women that are like a coven of witches or something. I'm like, ooh, give me some real supernatural forces to be scary. Kind of an old, old, the old yeah, haunted, it's very old world looking. The old, the old yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I like to see Frankenstein type. That'd oh, who knows what we could get? Oh type. yeah, but it looks like they're doing something a little different, and I'm excited for that and then now monday if you're listening to this on monday make sure you go to ea's star wars on on youtube on monday the 15th star wars squadrons will have a trailer premiere new star wars game from ea you know people have been making battlefront games i've heard about it when it says squadrons and then you're seeing pilot heads and stuff i'm like ooh. this could be like a like you know like the old rogue squadron games or something like that it's been a long time since we got one but I, I gotta say, on the even the well, I won't say the original Battlefront, but the first EA Battlefront. Yeah, I just love playing uh, yeah. the X-wing fighter spots. Those are fun. The dog fights, I yeah. love those. A game of those, heck yeah, sign me up. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I'm excited. There's a lot of other games coming, but those were like the three ones I wanted to get into mainly because I love the Resident Evil series and the other two: Spider-Man, Star Wars, Disney properties. Thank you. I am a Disney yeah. show. Mark the check. I have covered Disney parks and Disney games. Now we're going to talk about a Disney movie. I have a feeling we're about to embark upon a most unprecedented expedition. Once they made history. I must see to it that you die. Now they are history. Bill and Ted are dead. Welcome to hell. It's the Grim Reaper, dude. How's it hanging, Death? But they're having one hell of a time. This is not what I expected this place to look like at all. We got totally lied to by our album covers, man. Taking in the sights. Not bad, dude. We totally knew a guy got one of those in his bucket of chicken. Making new friends. Excuse us, dude. But is there any way we can get back? You may challenge me to a contest. J7. You have sunk my battleship. Best two out of three. What? Enjoying the family. <laughs> no way! Invading the present. I totally possess my dad. Battling <laughs> the future. You metal, dude! Excuse us, but your shoes are untied. <laughs> Can't believe you just melted in death! And meeting their maker. Guy? Congratulations on Earth! Not to mention your other great planets. 
Mars, Jupiter, Uranus. It's the comeback of all time. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. It's a trip. Best of seven? Damn right! Left hand red. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. To Disney and beyond. Okay, so I have never read a single Artemis Fowl book in my life. Although I've heard of them. I don't have time to read it. I got a bookshelf here loaded with stuff that I have never read that I really need to. And even the authors that I've had on the show and I buy their books, I haven't finished. I've I read like half of a Jim Corcus and yeah, I know it's, it's bad. I'm not good at getting <laughs> books read. I'm busy. I'm sorry. So I had to find somebody who'd read Artemis Fowl. And funnily enough, a guy I went to high school. I haven't really seen you uh, post-graduation that much, but I went to high school. I think we even went to the same middle school. Probably even yes. with the same elementary school. I don't know. We've known each other for just haven't talked to you in a long time, other than like occasionally on Facebook, right? But uh, but uh, everybody say hello to Doug Leach. Of course, you're Douglas on Facebook. Yes, because we're growing up, so now we're <laughs> Douglas, right? <laughs> yes. So uh, just quick introduction. What is it you're you're doing with your life? Um, working a day job, doing mechanical <laughs> uh, engineering. Uh, married for. 18 years now, got five kids. Uh, my oldest just graduated. So, oh my goodness. You know, things do are just feel, moving along. Do we feel like we're old yet, and now we're old enough to have kids that, that have graduated? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. I see. The, I, I think the benefit of me still being able to act like a like a 12-year-old is that my wife and I have not been capable of having kids. It's it's She's got some medical issues that she inherited from her mother, so... But her mother did have a surprise child later in later years. So we, my wife and I, might, I might hit fifty, and suddenly we're we're pregnant. Yeah. It could happen. It could but happen. Yeah. So no kids over here, but that's okay. I'm a, I'm, I've got all kinds of toys and stuff. I'm, I'm the big kid around here. We don't need any, and we have cats. And believe me, you are kid enough. Yes, I am kid enough, and the cats are enough of a menace that I don't need any toddlers. I have cats, so <laughs> it's an excuse, but it works for me. So, uh, but so Artemis Fowl, I, I. I, I tried to do some research. I wanted to have a little bit of information going in because the uh, we're we're actually this conversation takes place before the movie releases here on Friday on yes. Disney Plus. Originally intended to be in theaters, but with the whole COVID panic, you know, theaters shut down. Disney's like, you know what? Screw it. Here, Disney Plus. I'm waiting for Mulan. One of these days, they're probably going to put that live action Mulan on Disney Plus too. So, I have a feeling I'm, they'll save that one for the theater because that's going to be like a hundred million dollar movie they, or. That's that's low ball. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Probably 100 or 500 million. It, it's it's going to make a ton of money once it hits theaters. They're going to wait. Yeah. The remakes send, tend to make money, even though all of us Disney fans, we kind of complain that. Why are you remaking this? Stop it. So I'm actually we, excited for Mulan. That one might be good. I, I just find it hilarious that they're saying, oh, but this is going to be a realistic Mulan. And then the first teaser, we have a witch turning into a bird. Yeah, that was realistic. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, it could be a fun action epic. So yes. we'll, I'll reserve judgment until I see it. Oh, I, there, I'm, I'm back. I had to mute myself to cough. Sorry, y'all. Uh, so Artemis Fowl's coming this Friday. I was, you know, I don't know anything about it. So I was thinking, you know what? I'm just going to be, I can go in blind. But I did want to talk a little bit about the books before I get in there. 
Uh, I, and I did learn enough that, uh, and I found it very interesting, the author, and uh, I had to learn, have him say it in order to learn how to say it. So it's Eowyn Colfer. Uh, he actually thought, he got the idea, he thought it would be fun to have a 12-year-old James Bond villain. But then he thought it'd be even more fun to throw in fairies. And that was the idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, okay. So... I mean, that's I mean, the basic premise, but, uh, you know, I'm sure you can add a lot more to what I've known of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that that is the the, the real basic premise is you have a, uh, uh, yeah, 12 year old criminal mastermind uh, that figures out that fairies are a real thing in the world. But the fairy society is actually way more technologically advanced than humans. Yeah, and that's what we see a little bit in the trailer. Some of the the underground stuff and all the cool. I mean, this this looks like a, a good kind of like Star Wars is that good blend of sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, which is always fun, you know, if you get a good blend. Sorry, I'm still choking on whatever I choked on. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, every once in a while, I take a breath. I'm I'm trying not to cough in the mic. I'm being I'm being a good host. I am. We don't cough in the mic. I'd be, I'd be spreading COVID to all of the people, people's ears. I know it comes through. Hey, believe me, it will come through your phone. Totally. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I the the instant reaction, of course, in the trailer is everybody just seems to be, you know, it doesn't seem that Artemis as, is as maybe, I don't know, is he really an evil character in, in the books? Um, no. Like, he, he, he toes that line, but since it's kind of aimed for kids, he does crimes, but they're never crimes that you would dislike him for. It's usually like m- mostly crimes against other rich people. They're like, yeah, whatever. He's going to forge some art and sell it or steal it from some other rich person to sport, whatever, you know? So it's all stuff that keeps him to be likable. Uh, and he seems to be okay with that, but there, especially or even in the first book, there comes a time where he kind of toes the line, maybe a little bit too much. That becomes part of that story. Hmm. So are these almost like a, uh, oh, a like more of a caper or a, uh, a a heist film type or heist story? I mean, is that where would you draw that? Well, uh, each so there's eight books and well, a few spinoffs. I, I've heard <laughs> actually, yeah. There's more than eight now. There was eight <laughs> in the main series, and then there's a few spinoffs here and there. Um, in the first one or the first book. It's a kidnapping story mm-hmm. and with for ransom uh, where our like the, the main plot of it is Artemis Fell figures out there's fairies and kidnaps one uh, and ransoms her out for gold. <laughs> that, Completely different word. from the teaser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, like the movie doesn't seem to have any of that, which I think is why a lot of people that like the book series are concerned. Is yeah. That Artemis is the bad guy of the first book. He, <laughs> yeah. Now he is the main character. So I, I, I don't want to call him the antagonist because normally that's not the person you follow the most, yeah. but he is definitely the bad guy. Yeah. Protagonists can be villains. And I think that was pretty well demonstrated with, uh, with Joker. Yes. Very yeah, much yeah. so. You could relate to him, but you're also really creeped out by some of the stuff he's doing. You're like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? You know? Yes. So, it's that same time. <laughs> I mean, I usually I can't usually get into it like a you know, like Breaking Bad. I didn't really watch because I'm like, wow, I, that's I don't want to root for the bad guy. And even I've only seen one Godfather movie because I can't root for the bad guy. And 
I mean, that's just kind of how I am, you know, although I, I really enjoyed Joker, uh, I got to say. Uh, but of course, I knew what was I knew who the guy was. And right. It was interesting watching somebody become that. And I almost wonder with like the film, if they're trying to find a way to show Artemis becoming kind of the bad guy. But it also seems like they might be trying to justify his his crimes. Well, and they sort of do that in the book, too. Um, like there is a reason he's trying to get gold and it's a, a fairly I guess, noble reason, or at least one that is very sympathetic. Um, and, and I guess, do we want to go through the first book or I, I, like how far do we want to go with this? Well, I, we, I guess we got to be careful about spoilers because somebody will be mad. But, you know, if we could, I don't know, the, the blow by. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know how much we can do that would whether or not I will get complaints. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I can at least do the setup for the fir- first yeah. book that doesn't. It doesn't tell you everything that happens with it. It's just, here's your setup. So Artemis is a 12-year-old, lives in a mansion. His dad has gone missing for two years uh, with some dealings with the Russian mob because he comes from a family of criminals. Yeah. <laughs> a, a long line of them. Uh, his mom effectively has dementia. Uh, she doesn't remember where she's at a lot of the time or what time she's at. It, it's... But she's not an older lady. Um, just something's gone wrong since uh, the dad disappeared. And she's, yeah, uh, so she's there, but she's not a parent. Uh, the The only adult he really has in his life is this uh, bodyguard named Butler. <laughs> Good name. <laughs> well, and the way they tie that in is that there is a long line of that family, the Butler's that are bodyguards and stuff like that. And that's where the name Butler actually comes from. <laughs> it, it was a nice way of tying it back in. I yeah. Think. Um, so, and through his own dealings and smarts, Artemis figures out that the fairy world exists. Like, like the entire world doesn't know anything about the fairies, but he figures it out because he is usually the smartest guy in the room. Um, but, he also wants to find his father and he needs money to fund, you know, search and rescue operations and, you know, all that stuff. So that's where he comes up with the plan to basically steal gold from the fairies by ransoming him out, ransoming out one of theirs. My goodness. So now the the trailer so far has depicted that the. Like the fairy world, they're kind of, uh, I don't know, vindictive towards humans, perhaps. They're kind of the villain. Uh, now, is, does that hold up to the books or, I mean, the fairies kind of antagonist to him or? Um, no, uh, mainly because he's the one invading their world to some extent. True. Like, <laughs> like, like they didn't go to him. He went to them. But the fairies know all about humans and they really, really don't like them. Like mm. it's an environmentalist stance, but one that, you know, like they used to be above the world and you know, everything used to be great. And then they went to war with the humans thousands of years ago and they got driven underground and they can't come back out mm. uh, because they figured they would get destroyed by humans. If humans figured out they were there. Hmm. Yeah. Heck if they're, if they're basing off a lot of folklore I've read, I think the humans wouldn't stand much of a chance really. <laughs> I think it comes down to numbers. Like there, there's yeah. a lot of fairies, but not, not a lot, a lot of fairies. <laughs> <laughs> And by fairies, uh, apparently what he he takes the entire concept of a fairy world. So a fairy doesn't necessarily have to be a pixie. I mean, 
Correct. Apparently a lot of different creatures. And I, I wonder how much folklore he dug into, because that's one of the things I did appreciate. Uh, J.K. Rowling did dive into some, she kind of reinvented a lot of the folklore, but she did dive into some folklore. And I actually have a book that uh, it contains all the creature references that she used, but it also has a lot of other creatures that from old European folklore and how we got, which to me, I find very, very fascinating. All the crazy monsters people used to come up with to explain like a lot of natural stuff. Uh, there's a, it doesn't dig too deep. There's elves, there's pixies, there's trolls, there's dwarves. It does come up with rules for magic for at least the characters that they're focused in on. So, uh, dwarves and, and elves and stuff like that. Pixies are there, but none of the main characters are pixies. So you don't actually learn a whole lot about them. Hmm. Honestly, the books are, they don't get super in depth. They're more action movie type than they are like Lord of the Rings type mm. as far they, they don't go super deep on anything. So there's some backstory, but you're not really going to hear about it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of fits though. If you're, if you're aiming for children, you don't have to give a, a whole lot of backstory for kids to kind of just fill in some blanks. Right. But, uh, you know, once again, referencing to Harry Potter, when you get older, that's when you start wanting to have that little bit where like, can we have the books? We want to know what all, what the rest of, you know, um, Lillian James's time at Hogwarts was like, and you know, we want to dig that deep dive. So, but as, well, as a kid, you don't think about it. Well, even on the main books, like those things kept getting bigger and bigger. And so they were just huge volumes, like at, like at the end of that series, uh, <laughs> the, this series doesn't do that. All the books are pretty light, pretty light read. Kind of like in the Percy Jackson books. I found them to be fairly light. I didn't go through all of them though. <laughs> They were there. The Percy Jackson books are pretty good. I kind of wish that uh, they'd go and take a second stab at it. And because I, I like the first movie was pretty good. The second one I didn't see because it, it looked like they went off the rails uh, compared to what the books were doing. And <laughs> I might need to give the movie. I, I saw Disney Plus does have the first Percy Jackson movie. I'm like, maybe I should watch it again because I did enjoy it. The only time I watched it, it was pretty good. But the book actually, I think is better. That, that is the case most of the time. <laughs> it is the case. Uh, my wife and actually were, were discussing, because, you know, because of this film coming out and noting the, a lot of the differences between what, because there's plenty of videos out there that, you know, blankety blank Disney, you messed up in the books or whatever. You know, you can find plenty of it. Uh, and, you know, there, it is reasonable to expect that. And Disney, I think, is probably the biggest company at, at changing the story. I mean, Wrinkle of Time was completely altered. About everything that's been completely altered. Sometimes it's for the benefit, like Pinocchio. If you get to the source material, Pinocchio is a little jerk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a lesson on disobedience and how to not to behave. And the original idea of Pinocchio, he was supposed to die, but people responded so well to the character that they uh, they went back to the... I'm actually listening to Disney Story Origins right now. Great podcast. Uh, where the the publisher was like, well, kids are actually liking your story. So Pinocchio, we need more, you know, we want to make a full book out of this instead <laughs> of just these shorts. But Pinocchio is a real jerk in the, in the book. And so I like the movie better. And, you know, so there, there's times where you can make a movie and actually improve on the book. Uh, for instance, Jurassic Park, that yes. book is boring as heck, <laughs> but the movie is, uh, and you are, right, you know, I mean, I had my Jurassic Park shirt. I, I, I swear. I saw that movie like 13 times before it left the dollar houses. Yeah. I was there a lot. I mean, I watched the heck out of that movie. And so, it still holds up. You can watch it now and it, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. So, I mean, there there are some times that you make a movie from the book and they actually seem to have improved it. And yes. then you have times that they just 
they fall short. And sometimes you get a pretty good balance. Like, well, you know, this movie is ex very, very different from the book, but, you know, they're both enjoyable. Kind of like um, that rarely seen, but actually seriously overlooked of being how good it is, is that John Carter movie. Uh, it's just the bad, the bad marketing really, I think, was the problem because that should have been called John Carter of Mars. Uh, and then it might have helped sell what was going on with it. Uh, but right. my wife enjoyed that movie so much, she actually found the Princess of Mars book series and read through them just voraciously. And said, these are great, but it's almost entirely different from what they presented in the movie. But yet the movie <laughs> is highly enjoyable. And if you haven't, if you all haven't seen that, it is a lot of fun. It is well, really good. I think part of that, though, was they spent a lot of money on that movie. Mm -hmm. And it... It, it was going to have to be a huge blockbuster in order to make back money. And it just wasn't. Yeah. But I think, I think it was that, that ad campaign. It just, it really didn't tell you what the movie was. It was just confusing. And so, but I was like, you know, it looks like it might be some interesting. So, and I, I give a lot of movies a chance and I really, I, I went ahead and bought it and I was like, this is pretty good. This is kind of cool. <laughs> it reminded me actually. And I, I wonder if this was part of inspiration. If the book was, was similar to like, because John Carter, you know, he gets the ability with, with altered gravity that he can leap great distances on this other planet because, you know, altered mass and gravity and how his body works. And I right. wondered if that helped inspire the early Superman who didn't fly but leapt everywhere because he had a different body density compared to the gravity he was dealing with. And I kind of wondered, like, does that kind of inspire Superman a little bit? But I don't know. Wouldn't, That's my wouldn't surprise me at all. They were probably borrowing a lot from the old serials and oh, yeah. sci-fi books. Oh, yeah, because, you know, there's really nothing new under the sun. It's just finding creative ways to re-spin the same thing sometimes. Yeah. But I really got a kick out of that when he was learning to jump on John Carter. It's really, really fun. So, and I, I appreciate it. Actually, that's, that's probably one of the only good parts of that Man of Steel movie is watching him jump a few times before he learns to fly there. I kind of appreciated that because it was yes. like a nod to, yeah, we remember he used to be able to have to jump at tall buildings. So, but yeah, that's one of the times where the movie is actually pretty good, but it's apparently entirely different from the books and including, you know, the jungle book, uh, which my wife is a huge fan of that. Both of those movies, mainly I think the animated, I think she likes the animated a little better. I don't know, but she went after that book and it's Mowgli, I, I guess it's just a small part of the jungle book. And there's two books in that series. And there, it's huh. actually like a collection of stories. Uh, and we did find, um, I forgot if filmation did it. Somebody did an animated version of one of the stories which is actually about one of the animals, and it's got a goofy name. It's kind of funny, and now I cannot think of it for the life of me. Of course I can't. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it plays out really well when you d go different from the book, and sometimes you end up making a disaster, and sometimes you actually make something better. Now, Disney yeah. might be thinking that if... Granted, now, the author has made something for kids, and he's made a criminal to be likable. I wonder if Disney was maybe a little afraid, like, oh, this is a kidnapping story? Maybe the kids and maybe families are not gonna like Artemis if he's a kidnapper. So I, I actually, wonder. <laughs> I, I think think that actually came from uh, Kenneth Branagh, the director. Mm. Uh, um, there, there, there's been some interviews posted with him pretty recently, and basically, he didn't think that you can take the Artemis Fowl that was in the book, who was the bad guy that was kidnapping people, and make him a, the main character of the movie and get people to like him. Yeah, I think and a lot I, of people disagree with that. But I can understand that thought, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, if you just put it on paper, like, yeah, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's the bad guy. He's going to kidnap another like innocent character, 
and you know, like hold her for ransom and you have to kind of go through that process and whatnot. On paper, that doesn't sound like a good kid story. Right. <laughs> but they made it work in the book. Yeah. Uh, Which is I would I was kind of surprised. Uh, the I did watch some YouTube video. Owen Coffer does have his own YouTube channel. Yes. And he was he was doing a QA and uh, a about that. And he seemed pretty satisfied with a lot of what they did. Uh, he doesn't seem that upset, so I, they might have yeah. found a way to actually make it work. Uh, and he was I, actually pretty happy about I because I guess they did do a gender swap to put Judy Dench as a character named Root. Yes. Which, you know, with, with me not having familiarity, it doesn't bug me really at all because I didn't know the character. And and hell, you put Judy Dench in, and I'm like, awesome, rock on. So I, Yeah, I was okay with that because I like Judy Dench. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's like uh, they made the dwarf uh, Josh Gad. And he's like way taller than everybody, but it's supposed to be a dwarf. But I like Josh Gad, so I was like, yeah. I'll give it a chance and see if they can make that character work with that actor. <laughs> yeah, and I think I heard something in a teaser that he's supposed to be a giant dwarf mix, which is that, weird. That That is weird because I don't think that's in any of the books. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't know if that's what I heard, but I thought that's what I heard in one of the trailers that he he says, well, I'm a, I'm a cross, you know, like a giant and dwarf and... So maybe they're thinking, well, it worked with Hagrid and Hagrid. Let's face it. Nobody except for maybe us, us grownups questioned how that was supposed to work. Right. <laughs> I mean, if, if his father was a wizard, I mean, I guess that, let's just I, to keep this a family show in Gorgio. Maybe you can make your entire body grow because. Well, to, I, to, to borrow from another YouTuber, it was like, well, how does that work um, with a ladder and a lot of determination? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's one of the things I even questioned back in the in the nineties when uh, when the Hulk stuck in Hulk form actually married Betty I'm like really, ouch. <laughs> there is no honeymoon there. That's nah. not happening. So you kind of have to gloss over some of that, yeah. Yeah. So there's stuff I guess I'm not supposed to think about, but I do. That does get me in trouble sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I don't want to get into the ending of the book, but well, I we do know, of course, that, like Root, Root is. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make Root kind of a villain in the movie. That's that, would that be sort of the antagonist, though, for Artemis? Uh, no. Um, okay, so there's obviously more books in the series, mm -hmm. uh, and essentially, Artemis or Artemis becomes not the bad guy. He, he's not really the bad guy for any other book except for the first one. It's ah. not to say he's not a criminal. In, in the rest of them, he becomes less of that and more of a sort of normal ish person as the stories go on. But he starts teaming up with the uh, the fairy folk uh, more and more as the stories goes on and kind of befriends them uh, in the the trailer for the movie. It looks like they actually borrow the villain from the second book who becomes kind of a, a reoccurring villain throughout the series. Hmm. But that villain, as well as the father, does not show up in the first book. Ah, and then somebody decided, <coughs> Colin Farrell, <coughs> Colin Farrell, which you know, is another thing that'll get me to come see a movie. Right. It's like, I'm I'm OK <laughs> with them showing the dad since it's Colin Farrell. I'm like, you can yeah. put him in a movie. I'll watch yeah. it. <laughs> which I didn't realize how big a fan of Colin Farrell I was until the more stuff I've watched with him, because, you know, he was he was pretty cool as Bullseye in that Daredevil movie. I, I actually still like that movie. Maybe it's not great, but it's still fun. <laughs> but then seeing, you know, seeing the I think really what sold me on Colin Farrell might have been um, the uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Oh, OK. 
I mean, he is so good in that, really. Uh, and then you start watching some of his other stuff, and he's just he's just good. Yes, he is. I mean, you, you saw him like, Colin Farrell's in this. Judy Dench is in this. What's not to like? So, yes. I'm already in, but, you know, if it if it backfires really bad for their fan base, it'll be unfortunate. So, but we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm hoping maybe some of the fan bases will check it out and and we'll have a review by the end of this podcast. Uh, hopefully they'll check it out. <laughs> and, and, you know, you try to separate what you know with what you're being presented, which, heck, as even a comic book fan, I have to do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> separate what I know from what they're presenting. Sometimes, because you know, there's a good balance you can strike, and I think most of the Marvel movies have done that. Now, I've, I've had issues, of course, everybody knows uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, I just didn't enjoy it. But yet, Far From Home, it's it still managed to work for me. So, it's always that balance of like, okay, how strongly do you want to hold on to your source material, and how willing are you to just <laughs> go with it and try to think of the movie as a separate entity. Uh, and it's it's a tough balance, and I'm not always good at it. <laughs> I will admit, there's times I'm like, what did you guys do? I love this book. What did you do? So. Well, speaking of yeah, an actor making the movie, on Spider-Man Homecoming for me, Michael Keaton. <laughs> like, Yeah, he was great. Yes. Bottom line, that was he was fantastic because right. he's Michael Keaton. Yes. So, And right. actually, I, I kind of like uh, Tom. Uh, wow, what that kid's name is. I kind of like him as a young Peter Parker. Yes, you know, he's. I, I don't think he, I, I don't think any of the cast was really bad. It was weird having a young and and hot Aunt May. That was bizarre. But yeah, uh, but I still <laughs> like I like Marissa Tomei. Usually when I see her and stuff, she's very entertaining anyway. So, and she probably was about the right age. You know, you don't think of Marissa Tomei as being as old as she really is, right? So, she just looks good for her age. Yes, she does. So, <laughs> I know I'm not aging that well. I mean, some people still. I heck, I managed to go back to college in you know when I was approaching forty, blended in with people twenty years younger than me, and they thought I was maybe in my late twenties, early thirties. Bless you all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because yeah, I'm. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, too much. Uh, too much gray in the hair. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I managed to hide my little white hair. Sometimes I just pluck them out of my head. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if I grow the beard, you can find them. But, you know, on the top of my head, usually it's off to the side. I'm like, oh, look, a little white hair. Tweezers. Gone. <laughs> no problem. Now, my wife has plenty of white hairs, but she's named them after her students. So <laughs> that gives her an excuse. I don't have any students. So, but yeah, there's that, there's that balance. So I'm hoping when I watch this movie, I'm going to be as pleased with it as as being an outsider. And, you know, maybe the the movie will inspire people to go and check out the book. And usually it does when you, when you find out there's a book series, if you really enjoy a movie, if you go to try to go to the library the next day to kiss, oh, I kind of would like to go through that book. Now you can't find it anywhere in the local library right. because everybody's like, Oh, I want to read that. Uh, I even had that problem. Uh, although I didn't, I didn't see the, the newer it, but I'd watched the old TV movie and I was curious of how different the <laughs> book was. And it do, it took a while. I was, I was on that waiting list for months to get the audio book of it and holy cannoli. Uh, very different from the TV movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even in the, the, the newer movies, I mean, there were some obvious scenes that they weren't going to put in there, but you know, luckily they had the good, you know, peace of mind to not put some of that from the book into the movies. Yeah. So there's, there's always going to be adaptions and changes. And I think if I'd have been someone who'd read the Artemis Fowl and been a fan of the books, I would hope to try to give it a fair chance. 
I think there's that, some people who are just not to. going to. Yeah. Try to give it a fair chance. And, uh, you know, so by, like I said, by the end of this podcast, I'll have my review and thoughts. Because, yeah, it looks like it's definitely different from everything I've heard about it. But, it, you know, I I just want to have fun anymore. I don't like to take movies seriously anymore. Life, I, the older I get, the more serious life is, and the more I'm like, I'm not going to watch a drama. <laughs> well, I guess the the other thing about the trailer, and this may just be the trailer and not the movie itself. Like, yeah, I, I know different trailer houses can uh, cut things. It looks like Men in Black. <laughs> It really looks like they're trying to sell it as a Men in Black movie. Oh, I hadn't thought of that, but now I can totally see it because the guy who's, uh, I guess, is Butler. Yes. Uh, you know, like kind of the big dude. He's kind of a hoss, you know, uh, but he could be Will Smith, only bigger. And then <laughs> well, and they even put him in the black suit. And yeah, they, they, they did. And they have it sitting up on a special rack and they're using oh, like wow. sci-fi energy weapons standing side by side. Like I said, they may just be trying to sell it as Men in Black. <laughs> and he's got the sunglasses, too. Yes, yes. I can now not unsee it. <laughs> well, like I said, that may have just been how they're selling it. That may not be how the actual movie is. But we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if they realized they did it, because I hadn't. I would not have thought of it if you hadn't have said oh, so. But now I, I totally can see it. I, I would almost guarantee that it was a purposeful marketing move to try to try to give you some basis of comparison even if you even if you don't know that's what it is yeah well heck uh, with me if you tell me that kenneth Branagh has directed it that already gives me a sense of it because you know you you take what he did with the original thor which i i don't i guess not everybody enjoyed it as much as i did i thought it was pretty cool the only part i don't like is darcy that's why ragnarok (laughs) was so much better is there was no darcy so uh, but then also you see what his work with, uh, what he did to Frankenstein, he directed and starred in that Frankenstein movie. And yep. he's really good at, uh, maybe kind of capturing that kind of strange off the wall, but yet making it believable. Yeah. Which, I mean, he's, that's, I mean, he's good at that. And he, he does some really great characters. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't pop up as a character somewhere in the movie, because he usually, I don't think he popped up anywhere in Thor though, that I can recall. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But it is kind of fun, you know, watching him because he will put himself into stuff. I He even directed, I remember, I think it was a history class, actually even in high school, that we watched Henry V that he had directed and started. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I think world history, the the teacher that also was also the soccer coach, I cannot remember his name, but I remember watching Henry V in that class and really yeah. liking it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting. So, but yeah, was that high school or middle school being a nope, nope, that one? Nope. I'm pretty sure that was high school. Yeah, I think it probably was. So, but yeah, because I remember having to do world history classes and all that stuff. And oh yes, I'm so glad I'm past all that. <laughs> <laughs> I I've learned all my history. So, but anyways, uh, we should probably wrap this up. We've got on like half an hour, and this will leave me half an hour to discuss the the film. And who knows? After we get the film, we might be able to get you back on again and talk about the film and see what I, you thought of that one. I totally we'll plan see. on watching it this or uh, this coming week. Yeah. Yeah, if I can pull myself away from the Final Fantasy VII remake, because I'm trying to do it on hard mode now. So ah. I, I, <laughs> I I, have barely played anything else since I bought this thing, I swear. <laughs> Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. Ah. Ah. The Neverland Trailer Park. 25 years ago, you played a concert in front of the entire world. 
One month ago, you played in Barstow, California for 40 people, most of whom were there for $2 taco night. Bill and Ted, what have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. You were supposed to unite the world and save reality as we know it. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa! And take it from ourselves! But isn't that stealing? How is that stealing if we're stealing it from ourselves, dude? How'd you like our song? It's a little on the dark side, but you know, that's cool. So Bill and Ted face the music. Woohoo! Now you did watch this, right? Oh, are you kidding me? I I'm so excited. I mean, you know me. I'm a Bill and Ted nut. I've watched those movies so many times. I love, especially that first one. Yeah. And I and incidentally, for any of those who don't know of it. I'm nuts about the cartoon. Not, I want to watch that. Not the second season. And I'll tell you why, for those who don't know. Season one had the original cast. Had the cast of Alex Winter. It had the, uh, Keanu Reeves. And it had George Carlin. Oh, man. Season two did not. Now, here's something I wasn't aware of until this year. I didn't know why they changed. First of all, it went to a different company. It went to Fox instead of Warner, uh, instead of uh, Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera, we've talked about him before, Hanna-Barbera. Oh, yes. Hanna-Barbera, great animation. Yes, indeed. They, they, they looked enough like him and all. But here is why it went to Fox. Not just because Fox Kids was a big deal back then in the it 90s. It was. It was. But, first of all, I didn't like the animation as much. I didn't like the way they drew them. It, it uh, the, the, Suddenly, the voices changed. Here's why the voices changed. Apparently, Fox had had the uh, rights to it, and they had a TV series with new actors playing Bill and Ted. It what? didn't last even a full season. Wow, and I, no I wasn't kidding. even aware. Or maybe it was a full season, yeah. but I wasn't even aware of it. Never even seen it. I'd like to find it, just see how bad it really was. <laughs> I'd be but, afraid to find so out. So they had the cast of that show doing the voices uh, on the second season. So I tried to watch the second season, and it is not fun. But uh, I am thinking about ordering the first season of that cartoon, but I haven't yet because I haven't oh, I found... Oh, I thought you did have it. Well, I was going to. I have the Back to the Future, right? Oh, but the, yeah. The reason why I haven't done it yet is because I don't believe it's the official. And mm. I, I've been kind of waiting until this movie came out to see if they're going to. Maybe they if will. they do, I'll buy it, right? Yeah. If not, I'll buy the unofficial. But, right, yeah. But the great thing about that cartoon is not only does it have the original cast, it's funny they go back, and, and here's the great thing. For those of you who've seen those movies, you know the first one was good, the second one not so much. Well, I still like the second one. Well, I like it. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't well, love it, the, right. The, the great thing is this about the cartoon. The first one came out the year before part two, Bogus <laughs> Journey. Second one came out right after Bogus Journey. So it's kind of fitting, the second season did. So the, the great thing is, though, in that first season, they're going back in the, um, oh, the, the telephone booth. And they're going back in time, and they're time traveling and meeting people like uh, different um, oh ba- people through the Civil War, and, oh. and they're they're seeing them playing baseball, <laughs> and they're making nice. they're, they're making great comments about uh. Uh, oh 
oh, they're back there playing with some babe called Ruth and these <laughs> funny, hilarious statements. And, and it teaches kids about history, real yeah, history. Great. And, and I really love that cartoon. So if you ever get a chance, look up on YouTube. You may find yeah. an episode or two. I may have to do it, that because I never got to watch it. It's really it. good. Another good cartoon going to that way is Back to the Future. And it doesn't have the voices of the actors except right. for... Biff, I can't think of his name right now. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. He does a lot of animated yeah. voices. And it does have a segment in it with uh, Christopher Lloyd. Right. So, like the beginning of the episode? Yeah, the beginning and at the end. So watch those shows. Yeah. They are fun. They're lots yeah. of fun. And I'll let you take it. Yeah. So now this trailer, or yes. a teaser, I mean, we barely got to see anything. Oh, it was great, though. One thing I noticed is, like, Keanu Reeves does not sound like young Keanu Reeves anymore. No. You don't, you don't think about it, because we're used to Keanu Reeves. Yeah. But he sounded so different now. He looks like Snape a little bit. Yeah. And, <laughs> I love it, though. And I got to say, he yeah, he looks like he did gain a little weight, but I'm, not, sure. I'm not complaining about that, no. because I've gained a lot of weight he, since he's, I was... He's, but he's in good shape. Yeah. And he's pretty good. And, and, good but, actor. I love this the setup that it goes like it shows because I, I was that was Bogus Journey where they did finally play a big concert, but then after that like nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. The, so it was like it's the, time. They, you know they know how to play, right? Because they went. And They've learned, learned how to play. Yes, but nothing's happened, and I kind of like the basic story of it. Yeah, the basic story is how are they going to learn how to do it? They have to time travel and go. How's they going to do it? They're going to either go and. Uh, Find, yeah, go and find themselves. Find themselves and and find how do how we learn how to do it after the guest? So, yeah. But I, I think they're going into like alternate realities almost yeah. because they find like a prison versions of themselves. They're like Big super buffed. Buff, yeah. <laughs> like, no, you know, it's because we got Keanu or Ted there. He's going, oh, that seemed kind of dark. But, yeah. you know, it's like, well, obviously there's the prison versions of you. So I, I love this concept. Fun. It looks really it's, fun. It just looks and silly and fun. I and, hear that George, uh, George Carlin's daughter is involved, which oh, is great. Oh, that's awesome. That's great, you know, because unfortunately, see George Carlin as yeah we don't have George anymore because and I'm going to miss him in those yes. movies because he was great in those Rufus movies. yo <laughs> Rufus can you tell what number I'm thinking of no okay we won't yeah that's, that's, that's <laughs> he, George Carlin was great in that mm -hmm. role he really was so <laughs> I I'm super excited now we got a first little tiny peek and I love the way they're kind of getting scolded by the future people like you were supposed to have done this you didn't do this stuff and Disney Connection Seeing how Fox was involved with that cartoon. Maybe Disney owns the rights to that cartoon. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Disney could put it on Disney Plus. I don't know. I'm wink, wink, insane. nudge, nudge, saying them all, saying them all. <laughs> that would be great. But yes, Bill and Ted face the music. That tease was just enough. It really did tease me. Uh, I should have paid attention. I, I should have marked the time, but I believe this is August. I don't I, I believe August is when we're aiming for this. So I did look at a lot, a list of a lot of other movies. Like Wonder Woman has been pushed to like October. I, I can't so, wait for that. That's gonna be awesome. It was gonna be in August, and now it's in October. So I'm wondering, you know, hopefully Bill and Ted will still come out maybe later this summer. And I want to be able to go to the theater and me see too. it. I've actually never seen a Bill and Ted movie in a theater. I've always I've watched seen it all on of TV. them in a the theater because you know me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. Okay, so Artemis Fowl was released on Disney Plus here on Friday based off of the book series, Artemis Fowl. There's like eight books, uh, as Doug and I have mentioned, as you've heard previously. So the movie, I, I was going to sit down. I thought, well, it looked like it was going to be fun. 
And I will say, yeah, I, I it was fun. As far as quality of movie, I won't say that that was great. Um, the characters felt a little kind of one-dimensional and flat to me. Uh, I felt like I knew uh, Holly Short uh, a lot more than what I knew about Artemis Fowl. My wife kind of noted, although she didn't stick around for the entire movie, she only watched bits of it, she thought Artemis Fowl kind of seemed uh, stiff. I said, well, that seems to be his character, how he's supposed to be. He's this, you know, criminal mastermind kid, you know. Um, but the characters felt really one-dimensional. One character at one point uh, nearly dies. I didn't find myself caring if they died or not. Although the character I thought sounded cool. And even the actor, you know, the character seemed pretty cool. But they didn't make me care about the character. Even though I, I kind of liked him, but I didn't care about him. You know what I mean? Uh, you, know, you know how that's possible? Uh, Philip's over here playing with my little Rancor thing. Actually, he gave me that one. Um, I, but I've got a lightsaber with it. Anyways, so it's not I'm distracted. But uh, there were moments that I paused and I had to ask questions. I looked at my wife and said, wait a minute. Why didn't they just do this? Kind of like what I was just mentioning with Darth Maul. All he had to do was cut that girder and Ahsoka drops. There were some moments like that. I'm like, wait a minute. If, Like, for example, if you could have froze time, why didn't you open with that? It's kind of like when you watch Voltron, if you think about it. Why didn't you form Voltron... First, why did you fight even fight it with Alliance? Form Voltron, the finish this. That's, That's the, form the formula. Yeah, there were moments like that, and uh, I want to be careful. Or I don't want to spoil crash. anything. <laughs> uh, but okay, but there is an item that is a, a that is the MacGuffin of the whole movie. It's so it's the, it's a focal point. It was very very dangerous. The question I had was why not just destroy it? They, I, I felt that needed to be addressed. It was it impossible to destroy or whatever? It's like having the one ring in Lord of the Rings without having the thought that we should destroy it. You wonder why. It's like, if this thing is so dangerous, why wouldn't you want to just destroy it? Uh, and I had that question. So overall, I recommend give it a watch. I mean, it, if you already have Disney+, Plus, it's not going to cost you anything but some time. And I think you'll have a good time watching it. It is kind of fun. It's just not very... Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's not bad. But it's not good. It's just right in that middle where I think you could have a good time watching it, but I don't think you're going to be super excited for a sequel. And I don't know that Sands of the Books are going to be excited for a sequel because they already had some issues. Is this because I haven't gotten to watch it? I was going to the other day and I didn't get to. Is this one of the books or is this a combination? Of it's books? well, having not read the books, I can't speak to that. Yeah. The main the main story is kind of taken though I know from the first book, but they may have added some elements from other books. I can't speak to that. Doug will be able to speak to it. This is Douglas Leach, and this is my review for Artemis Fell the movie. So I've seen the movie three times now, uh, twice by myself and once with some of my kids, trying to get a objective view of the movie. And I'm going to try my best not to compare it to the book. I'll throw in a little bit uh, closer to the end. Artemis Fowl is not a good movie. The acting is average. Uh, the actor that plays Artemis, this is his first movie. He's not very interesting. He's not, he's not doing a great job acting, but he is the main character, and he needs to carry the movie, and he doesn't. The other characters of uh, Domovoy and Juliet, they're not really given anything to do. The character of Holly Short is supposed to be a cop, but she acts like a kid because she's played by a kid. But she's supposed to act like a cop. Judy Dench is interesting. Uh, she plays an 800-plus-year-old uh, cop, and she has the low, you know, gravelly voice to go with it. 
And even under all of that, she still manages to emote and show that she can act. The other uh, actor of note in this is Josh Gad. He is probably in it the most because he narrates the whole thing, plus he's in you know, scenes in the middle and whatnot. Uh, Josh Gad plays the giant dwarf Mulch Diggums. My favorite scene in the movie is a scene between Josh Gad and Judy Dench. And Josh Gad is talking to Judy Dench and says, look at the two of us, grunting at each other like hippos with a throat infection. In the context of the movie, that line doesn't make any sense because that's just how the two characters are supposed to talk. They they're bo- have, both have this low, gravelly voice. The joke works if you think of the actors instead because the actors are doing these two sort of ridiculous voices. I think Josh Gad is actually making, making fun of them acting. He's making fun of the movie from within the movie. The plot is barely pieced together. It's bookended by uh, some subplots with the media in MI6, and it doesn't really serve any function other than to get Josh Gad to brag to someone about how you shouldn't mess with the Fowl family. But otherwise, it just kind of confuses the plot because it doesn't tie back into anything, even though you're looking for it to. And the plot could have used the help. The whole setup with the MacGuffin... Uh, which is called the Aculos, which is something that was made specifically for the movie, not in any of the books. The setup as to why it's missing and why people are looking for it, and the timeline as to when everything happened, it's all somewhat confused, and it's not very well spelled out. Uh, I had to watch it multiple times before I caught how things were actually supposed to be pieced together, and it still wasn't done very well. The character motivations are not great, uh, there's some alliances that turn on a dime for no reason other than it needs to happen for the story. The, the villain of the movie is not fleshed out at all. She is in a secluded location away from almost every other actor other than Colin Farrell. But you never see her face. She has kind of a garbled voice, uh, extremely generic motivations, extremely generic dialogue. And it almost seems like it was an afterthought in the movie where it may have been done in reshoots. I don't know that, but that's what it feels like. There's definitely scenes and storylines from the trailer that were dropped and not put into the movie, as well as plenty of scenes where you hear people talking, but you can't see them talking, which really make it feel like this movie was... They tried to put this movie together in the editing room, and it really shows. As far as differences with the book that I will bring up, Disney had to come along and kill the mom. They had to Disney the mom. In the book, the mom is alive. She has some mental issues, but she's there and becomes a character throughout the stories. I guess Disney you know, took a look at the story, saw that there were two parents, and said, no, we don't do that. So the mom's dead. The other major complaint, which is all the book readers' major complaints, is that in the first story, Artemis Fowl is the bad guy. He is the villain. He is the guy that sets things in motion with his plans. Everything that happens in that is because he wants it to. In the movie, things are clearly just happening to Artemis Fell. He has very little agency in in the story. He's just reacting to things happening around him in the best way he can. And 
In the movie, multiple times we are told how smart and how much of a genius Artemis Fowl is, but they never show us. They never give him anything to do that could prove his genius. The closest they get is a scene near the beginning of the movie with a psychologist where he figures out that the chair the guy is sitting at is a fake antique. Other than that, yeah, they, they just they don't show us that he is a genius. They just tell us. They even bring up the whole idea of him being a criminal mastermind near the end of it. But the movie pretty much goes out of its way to show that the family is not a bunch of criminal masterminds. The family is protecting the world. Yes, there's theft involved, but they're not doing it for the sake of crime. So calling him a criminal mastermind in the movie's story feels wrong. But they do it. What this kind of reminds me of is uh, stories I read when they were just starting to make the Harry Potter movies, and Spielberg was actually set to direct the first movie. His plan, had he done it, was to actually combine several of the stories into one movie, which effectively would have ruined the series. Uh, Luckily, somebody stepped in and said, you know what, let's just adapt the books as they are and see what happens. And it worked. Uh, that, That series did very well. Somebody should have went in and did the same thing at this one. They combined the first two books for the story of the for the movie, including adding some of their own stuff, and they get so much wrong that it approaches the last airbender levels of of cringe. Uh, for book readers, this will be a painful watch. I do not recommend this movie. I suppose if you already have Disney Plus and you have an hour and a half to kill, it's an interesting disaster, but it's not good. So I, I can't recommend it. Sorry. Well, I do have one other thing I wanted to point out that I thought was weird because Josh Gad, which we know him mainly as Olaf. Yeah. Of course. Josh Gad plays a dwarf who's a giant dwarf. Uh, huh. And Judy Dench also has a role as Root. And I found it funny when they were seen together because both of them seem to have with their character. They're doing like an impersonation of Christian Bale's Batman. That's what huh. they sounded like. Huh. Josh Gad, though, his Why? voice is kind of high, but he's trying to talk down here. And then Judy Dench sounds like she's got something stuck in her throat. <laughs> the whole movie. That kind of bugged me. I guess it was a character thing, but having two characters do that, when those two characters are having a conversation, I was like, oh, gosh, where's Christian Bale to come in? Swear to me! I was waiting for it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com 
for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello, everybody. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. It's true.